the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, friends. This is Wendy Scott. I want you to know about my personal friend, Mark Romanowski, and his locksmith and fire door inspection business. Mark decided to sponsor Season Watch to share the great joy he's experienced since he gave his life to Jesus. He accepted the Lord later in life and hopes that you won't wait to have the same peace, too. Mark's always saying, hey, man, you just need Jesus, and that's true. So if your commercial building has fire doors, contact Mark's fire door inspection services. He can inspect and certify all your fire doors and help fix the most common problems with fire marshal inspections. Like Jesus helps us pass God's inspection for heaven. You can find Mark's services and contact info at San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. That's San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture, comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me again with Season Watch. I'm Wendy Scott, and uh, let's just start in prayer. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we pray right now for Israel and for all that she's enduring right now. We know that your eye is upon her and your hand is with her, and I pray, God, that above all things, that as you watch over her and help her through this time, that you also sprinkle the land, that you give them dreams and visions of your son Jesus, Yeshua, as you promised, and that many will turn their hearts to you again. Lord, help this largely secular nation return to you in fullness and to seek you, Lord, and to at some point say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Receive their Messiah. Many in the land already know you, Yeshua. I pray that you open the hearts through this troubling time, to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, friends, it is difficult to discuss the complex challenges our world faces moment by moment as they're moving so quickly. And at the time of this recording, October uh, 10th on Tuesday, I know much less about the developments in Israel and their related effects on the world than you do right now, Saturday on the 14th. However, the sudden barbaric intrusion of Satan's plan into our world by his horde of depraved agents of evil, calls to our attention the real battle waging behind the spiritual veil because it is Satan who's directing these events, and Jesus knew all about them. And so we recognize that the gruesome and unholy attack on Israel a week ago is that reminder. Satan has a plan to destroy all that God has established, and to one of his primary targets is always Israel. I might not be able to discuss the most current developments in the war, as today Israel is continuing to discover villages and kibbutzim filled with families, men, women, elderly, teens, and babies piled up in the most horrific state of desecration. They have been shot, burned alive, beheaded, gang-raped. Babies have been found beheaded. 
you must understand that this is done as a ritual killing as a terrorized victim scream while his head is sawed off. And who would do such a thing? Only someone who follows Satan. This is a satanic ritual, whether they realize it or not. It's demonic. It's inhuman. And so we recognize these things for what they are. And while the world initially condemns these activities and throws support behind Israel and their right to defend themselves, already voices are permitted to express that long-standing accusation, accusation of Israel and to sow dissent even in the midst of such evil. Even now, members of our own government support the terrorists over the terrorized. Our own fellow American citizens brazenly parade their support for those who perpetrated these atrocities as victims of oppression, defending themselves. And it's a twisted narrative. And in short time, we will all we will uh, will take hold again, and America will withdraw its support and leave Israel to face this evil alone. And how do I know? It's because the Bible has prophesied today's events and the things that surround it. Uh, so that we can see the arc of their aim is true, and these prophecies will hit their mark. And so fasten your truth belts as today we discuss the Bible defends itself, prophecy confirms the promises, and counters the critics. Friends, we're witnessing the events of the day aligning with the prophecies the Bible delivered thousands of years ago, and they reveal what was once obscure because it's difficult to imagine the future from prophecies and things foretold. This is why the greatest evidence that the Bible is true is this extensive list of prophecies contained in its pages. These prophecies are revealed in nearly every book written over the course of about 1,500 years by 40 different authors. The remarkable quality of the book is of the Bible is that each book contains a separate puzzle piece, which alone is only a tiny glimpse of the future until it's assembled and placed with the others. And so then the significance is revealed. For example, Genesis 49 is a prophecy about who the Messiah would be. And right at the beginning of the book, 49.10, it says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him will the gathering of the people be. Binding his foal to the vine and his ass's colt to the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. And so we wonder, back then, they must have wondered, what do they mean, binding his foal? So we don't know. We don't quite, we hang on to these things. We sense their prophecy. And not until we fast forward to Zechariah 9.9, we see, Rejoice, O greatly, O, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king comes to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon the colt, the foal of an ass. And so we see separated by so much time, these two books have prophecies that confirm each other. And then they're confirmed in the New Testament when Jesus came in to be honored as the Messiah, riding on not just a donkey, but the foal of a donkey, just as these two prophecies declared. And they're far apart, and yet they corroborate each other. Then there's that other detail about about washing his, dipping his blood, uh, his his clothes in the blood of grapes. What's that about? And we see in Isaiah sixty one three that it confirms this idea that the the Messiah will come in his day of vengeance, and he will dip his blood, his uh, clothes in the blood of grapes, and he will tread out the people in his anger and bring down their strength to the earth, and that through this he will 
he will tread out the wine press. And so we start to see that there's corroboration, these hundreds of examples in the Bible. They piece together like puzzles. And when you know one part, when you know all of these prophecies, you start to see how they come together and corroborate and develop even more fully. And you can see them as time passes. And sometimes we don't know them ahead of time, um, but then we we see them in obscurity uh, at the time. Later, they start to come together. And so they create a fairly clear timeline of future events, like points on a graph. And so we've known the points. And then once we know the points, we can draw the lines and plot their trajectory. And friends, that trajectory points to Jesus's soon return for us, his church, and all those of every nation, tribe, and tongue on the earth who have trusted in him. As Revelation 14.6 describes, for anyone whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so we hope your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You want to make sure you receive his gift of salvation today. Don't wait any longer because the trajectory of these prophecies point to him returning soon. And you want to be uh, in his care. You want to go with the rest of us into his heavenly promises. And so, first of all, we must recognize why it's important to have a biblical perspective of these events. So, for instance, after the flood, God began a new covenant plan with humans and chose one faithful man to start a family, which would become a nation. And the Bible tells us that Abraham, which means father of many people, was chosen to start a family. God did not select an existing nation. God made a nation out of one man. And so liberal churches reject the idea of God favors one nation over others. They say that's not right, and so they reject it. And instead, they claim that the church has replaced Israel, that they've lost their right to those promises, um, and that Israel is no longer his chosen nation. And so this is a lie. You want to reject this lie. Uh, First of all, one would hope that God would not contradict his own promise. As the Bible says in Jeremiah 31, 35, thus says the Lord, which gives the sun for light by day and ordinance of the moon and the stars for light by night, which divides the sea when the waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Lord, the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. And so we have this and many more promises that Israel is a chosen nation. It is a special people that God created for his own purpose. We can't see it as jealousy that he selected a group of people out of the nations. No, he created them for a special purpose. And he created them to represent him as a nation that will represent him in the world through Abraham, Ham, Isaac, and Jacob and that they would represent the one true God as a nation to the rest of the world, just like we were created to represent Jesus to the rest of the world. And he gave them his prophecies and his promises through his word, which they were to share with the whole world, just as we are. And so we see that the covenant given to Moses and all the people as God led them out of Egypt and into the promised land was a commission to follow God, to know him, and represent him to the world. Most importantly, they were the family through which God would bring the Messiah so that he would fulfill the law and the prophets that they so carefully guarded. But the Messiah was to be a light to the whole world, not just Israel, and salvation for all people who would trust in his ultimate sacrifice, not like the sacrifices of bulls and goats, goats which represented 
um, the promises to come, how God would humbly sacrifice himself and um, and give himself as the ultimate act sacrifice, just as John explained about Jesus. Behold, um, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so all the prophecies about Israel are also for our understanding, the understanding of what came before and to see the trajectory of God's whole plan entirely by putting all these puzzle pieces together, the promises to them and to us and for the prophecies of the future so that we might understand what he asks of us and what our place in his plan is and to anticipate what's coming. And we who regard the prophecies in God's precious word can see what's coming. And that will prove the trustworthiness of the Bible. And then we can warn others of what's to come. And so if all the prophecies about Israel are coming true, then all the prophecies about our future will also. You can depend on them. And so we see that things that are happening now completely align with those events that Christians who study the Bible have seen expecting for centuries. So let's look at some of the fantastic prophecies about Israel and these current events. Uh, There are certainly too many to cover today, so we'll start with Jesus' prophecies about Israel. First of all, it's not good news, but the Jews were largely blinded to Jesus or Yeshua um, after his coming. And that even though initially the, the whole church was Jewish, um, others failed to follow him. And it talks about this blindness. Paul describes this blindness that God allowed in part so that the good news would be dispersed outside of Israel into the whole world, that it wouldn't just be contained in Israel. And one day, one way this was accomplished was through Jerusalem's destruction. See how God turns things to good for his plan. And the the destruction of Jerusalem after Jesus uh, was raptured scattered the Jewish people. And Jesus prophesied this almost exactly 40 years before it happened in 70 AD. And so we see in Luke 21, 20, here's the prophecy. It says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let none of those who are in the country come into her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until... The times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And so we see 40 years after his resurrection, this prophecy came true, and they were led into all nations. They were scattered among the nations of the earth. And the promise was that they would be scattered until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So you see there's an end to the scattering. There's an end to the promises. And so the Israeli people lost possession of their promised land for the next 2,000 years, living in lands all around the world, yet remaining a distinct people in the midst of other nations. And they remained a distinct people and culture against all odds, against all previous patterns of humanity. And they did not fully assimilate with the people, but maintained their cultural and genetic identity. And this is because the Bible's promise that God would bring them back into the land one day. They did this. They were faithful and that they would possess it one day, just as during the first exile into Babylon. And they were to make houses and work and bless the land where they dwelled and maintain their heritage and knowledge of Yahweh. 
And so they did. For 2,000 years, wherever they went, they maintained their identity. And interestingly, we see this prophecy also contained in another similar prophecy by Jesus, but it's about a different time. And it indicates that Israel would come back into the land and have control of Jerusalem and the temple. And we see this in Matthew 24, starting in verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of labor pains. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the housetop not go down and take anything out of the house. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not has been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. And unless those days are shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those they will be shortened. See, I have told you beforehand. And so Jesus gives this warning about a very clear prophecy. It's not the time of vengeance when Israel was scattered. It's the time of at the end when Jacob's trouble will come. Jacob's trouble, and they have never a day like they have never seen before. So it's not. It's it's worse than the Holocaust. And it happens, as we come to understand, in the last days during the Great Tribulation. All these clues reveal this. And he refers to Daniel and the reference in Daniel about the abomination in the last days that will spoil the— that will spoil the temple. So we see Jeremiah, Jeremiah also described this future time of Jacob's trouble just before Jerusalem and the temple was destroyed the first time. So he prophesied this way back then. And this is uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord says, Thus speaks the Lord of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I've spoken of you. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity, my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. But then God describes what will happen at the end of time to his people. Verse 5, For thus says the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. And so we see several references to this time under the tribulation after Israel comes back into the land where they will experience great trouble. And so Jesus' prophecy assures Christian believers that Israel would return to their land and possess it after they're dispersed by Rome and that they would at some point rebuild their temple and that the Antichrist would enter it and profane it, declaring himself God, as Paul also confirms concerning the Great Tribulation in Thessalonians 2.3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so the Antichrist would appear and would persecute Israel during the tribulation like never before. So this description clearly from the Old and the New Testament 
shows that um, the Antichrist will appear during the tribulation and at that time a terrible um, a terrible persecution of the Jews like never before will happen. And they're in the land and they have a temple. So God's not finished with Israel, and we as Christians can be sure to, assured of these things um, because w- Jesus said so, right? Um, and for 2,000 years, no one believed it was possible. For 2,000 years after Israel was scattered from her land throughout the world, no one could imagine this prophecy could come true. And so who gets their land back after even 100 years, let alone 2,000 years? But guess who did believe it? Interestingly, the Jews believed it. They built their whole culture and hope in God around this promise that they would return to the land someday, that they would possess the land, that they would be their own nation, and that they would have Jerusalem, that they would rebuild the temple. Their whole culture it for 2,000 years was built around this hope in spite of all the terrible suffering and persecution that they experienced everywhere they went. And why did they believe this? Because although they did not know Jesus' prophecies, they knew their own prophecies from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, their covenant, and their writings. And so we see in Isaiah eleven eleven, it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt and Pathros and Cush from Elam and Shinar from Hamath and the islands of the sea. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And didn't that happen? We see in Deuteronomy, he made the same promise that he would scatter them. Chapter 4, he would scatter them and that they would seek him and that in their distress that in the latter days, it says 430, uh, Deuteronomy 4.30, when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, there's that clue again, when you turn to the Lord God and obey his voice, that he will be merciful, he will not forsake you or destroy you or forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them, and that the Lord your God will bring you back from the captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And so we see the promises over and over again. Jeremiah 30, I am with you to save you. I will not make a full end of all, I will make a full end of all the nations where I've scattered you, yet I will not make a complete end of you. And I will correct you in measure, but I will not together destroy you. And so we see that he says that he will bring them back into the land. And there's a verse that says, Can a nation be born in a day? And he says, yes, yet my people will be. And they were. 1948, the nation was born in a day. And that's what we have. That's what we've seen, that he kept the promise. He brought them back into the land. And so um, since God has kept his promise, we're to honor it. We're to honor his His promise to Israel, and we're to respect it and to pray for Israel, to pray for their peace, and to pray that God accomplishes all of the work that he has ahead of them. And as God's plan for them is not yet complete, we watch and we hope and we watch the trajectory of these things. And there's other prophecies that form us, inform us about the things that are happening today specifically. And now that they are back in the land, Zechariah tells us that all nations uh, will be against them and all nations 
will hate Israel. It says, Zechariah 12, 2, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about it, when they shall be in siege both against Judah and Jerusalem. And in that day, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut to pieces, though all the people of the earth shall be gathered against it. And we understand in the latter years, this is what will happen and is happening. Moreover, we've discussed before the coalition of Ezekiel 38 nations that is coming together, Iran, Russia, uh, Turkey, and parts of, of other nations are coming together against Israel. We know Iran is funding everything that's happening in Lebanon, in Gaza, and in Syria, and they have full reign and control of those territories. They're lining up to pounce on Israel, just as Ezekiel 38 said, in the latter days, in the end of years, the, the people will come into the land brought back from the sword, and many nations will gather against it in the mountains of Israel. And you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, and all your troops and many people with you. And you will come against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days. I will bring you against my land that the, so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in your eyes, in your before their eyes. And so God is going to manage this attack. It will happen. It may not happen today or tomorrow, but these nations, this coalition will develop into an attack. And because it's in the latter years, we can know it. We can watch it now. We see the trajectory. We know these things will happen. And so we pray for Israel. Be sure we're on the right side of things. We don't say Israel's perfect, but we do know they're God's chosen people. Pray for them and lift them up as we watch these things happen. Until next week, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.